it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never pressured the mayor of El Paso to stop talking about the border until after the midterms. Check it out. We got a bombshell report from the New York Post of all places saying the Biden administration is urging El Paso's mayor not to declare a state of emergency until the midterms have come and gone. This guy's a serious ass. Politics coming before the people yet again is Karine Jean-Pierre trying to say with a straight face that inflation is under control and that too will kick in after the midterms. She's worse than Kamala. Uh, We will discuss it with Caroline Levitt, superstar nominee for Congress up in the 1st Congressional District of New Hampshire, makes a triumphant return to the show. Andy Biggs, representative of the Fighting 5th Congressional District in Arizona, will be here as well. Comedian Dave Landau, Diamond Dave, he is at the Kansas City Improv, but he stops by to have some time with yourself, myself at 888-788. Nine nine one zero. You know the rules on this show every day. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. We don't really care. Just don't be a. That is all we ever ask. Happy Tuesday. We are now twenty one days from the midterms. I was discussing this on America's Newsroom this morning. If you did not see it, you can go to the Fox Across America Facebook page. That's where I interact with all my fans. And believe me, I am interacting myself. The minute, the minute you read the grammar, you're like, oh no, no, that's him. That's definitely the guy who drove the cab and went to community college. Huh? An intern would spell better than that. His dog would spell better than that. Uh, it is me. If you want to go be a part of the community at that page, you always can be. If you want to see me live in person next weekend, I'm at the Spokane Comedy Club in Spokane, Washington, Friday night, October the 28th. Saturday night, October the 29th. We'd love to see you. Come down. Get rowdy. It's been a mess on the road the last few weeks. We were in, oh my goodness gracious, Ottumwa, Iowa over the weekend. Those people were nuts in the best way possible. And then, of course, we were out in Oklahoma. We were in Tulsa. Great meet and greet with the legends at KRMG. Shout out to them. And, of course, the fine folks at 96.9 The Eagle had us out to the Chisholm Trail Expo Center. And what did everybody have in common at both of those events? They were just cool people. That's the hook of Fox Across America. Our audience is so unique to this talk radio space in that we are very politically passionate. But we're not going to fight you. We're not going to chase you out of a restaurant. We're in on the joke. If you live in this country, you've kind of hit the lottery. You're the luckiest people on the planet. And unfortunately, I always get mad because I feel like the Democrats in this day and age have turned their half of the country into the rich kids who just have no idea how lucky they are to be in the position that they are. Tell them like it is. I mean, that's really America to the rest of the world with the rich kids whining about how hard life is as we swim in our indoor-outdoor pool, you know, got all the cool video games, all the nice cars in the driveway. The kids down the block, you know, are sitting there in the shed peeing on each other for heat. (laughs) But there we are in America whining about how it's so hard. Oh, my God, it's oppressive. 
It's systemically racist. It's like dumb. Nobody gets it. Okay, you guys get it. So if you come out to one of these live meet and greets, you'll enjoy the show, but you'll feel better about your own judgment because you realize there's so many people out there like yourself that are just force multipliers of positive energy. Good people with full of good ideas that just care about the country. You're not looking to get in a fight. You're not looking to make enemies. That's the vibe. That's the whole Fox Across America ethos in a nutshell. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Karine Jean-Pierre is where we begin today uh, because she had a White House press briefing yesterday. And KJP, if you remember, she was brought in to replace who? Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. But here is KJP. And there's been a calculated decision. We're 21 days from the midterms. It's three weeks from today. The Democrats are running a confidence scheme now. Okay, just tell them it's working. But it's not working. What do you mean? Everybody's broke. Inflation to the four year. Shut up. Tell them it's working. That's how we're doing this now. You tell them it's working or you put a quarter in the square jar. Actually, whoop, whoop, inflation. You tell them it's working or you put 43 cents in the square jar. It's not just a quarter. Even the cost of the square jar went up. But here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. Okay, she is asked about the impact of the American Rescue Plan on inflation. Why is this question being asked? Because the American Rescue Plan The second it was passed, the second it was passed, every Democrat got out in front of a microphone and was like, this is the greatest climate change bill ever. This is politics as usual. Yes. And why is it politics as usual? Because the point is they Trojan horse the climate change bill that nobody wanted under the guise of inflation reduction. Inflation is the number one issue facing Americans right now. So the Democrats went out. and What they did was very disgusting. It was patently disgusting. Okay, we're going to call it the Inflation Reduction Act. But does it reduce inflation? (laughs) According to the Congressional Budget Office, according to the Joint Congressional Committee on Taxation, this will drive up inflation in the short term. In the long term, they're hoping it will be inflation neutral down the road. Okay, so you understand the Inflation Reduction Act which is going to add money to our deficit, will not reduce inflation. What a fraud. But here is Corrine Jean-Pierre, knowing that to be the case, running a full-blown confidence scheme with Peter Ducey. No, no, it's working. president's doing good things. Things are going great. Come on, man. We got this. Shut up. Here it is. Clip three. Have the president's economic advisors told him that the general consensus now is that the American Rescue Plan has contributed to inflation? Here's the thing. What the president has done, the issues that he has worked on, when you think about Medicare, we think about health care, you think about energy costs, you think about Inflation Reduction Act, uh, you think about the CHIPS Act, they are popular. They are popular with the American people. There's always more work to be done. But we are making, we are taking the steps to do that. Again, congressional Republicans, they are doing nothing, absolutely nothing. Don't change the subject, just answer the question she can't answer the question first of all congressional republicans are not in charge the democrats are in charge of the senate the democrats are in charge of the house democrats are also in charge of the presidency because joe biden got elected i don't remember that ever happening but it did happen okay and here is kareen jean pierre stumping for the guy saying he's done all kinds of work lowering cost and inflation yo inflation hasn't come down costs haven't come down so if Joe Biden has done all kinds of work, you gotta do better than that. Here it is, clip four. If President Biden's top domestic priority is inflation, why doesn't he have more to show for it? So the president understands, and we've talked about this many times, um, that uh, inflation um, 
is an issue, high, high cost. Cost is an issue for the American people. And so he's been very clear about making that his number one economic priority. And he has done the work. And he's done the work with congressional Democrats. When you think about the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which is uh, going to lower the cost uh, for our seniors, millions and millions of seniors across the country, when you think about that $2,000 uh, cap on their own uh, Medicare prescription. Not even close! So the Inflation Reduction Act, she says, well, you, you know, the seniors, they're going to save money on insulin. Now, let me be clear. Okay, I'm happy the seniors are going to save money on insulin, but you should also understand that Donald Trump had already negotiated that cost cut, Biden let it lapse as president, is now reinstating it and taking credit for the cost cut. That's just how white folks will do you. But did she actually answer the question on how he's reducing inflation? The answer would be no. Inflation's going up right now, okay? The CPI, the core price index, is going up. Interest rates are going up. It's more money to buy a car. It's more money to fill that car up with gasoline. It's more money to take out a loan uh, to buy that car. It's more money to take out a loan to buy a house. Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. And they're not fixing any of it. They're running with the confidence scheme. Biden did the work. Did the work. Well, tell him to work harder. He didn't do the work, okay? We're getting crushed. And we're getting crushed because of his own policies. You understand, we were coming out of a pandemic, the greatest economy the world has ever seen, All we need to do is open the damn doors and let the market sort it out. Jobs come roaring back. The economy picks right back up. But instead, what did they do? They didn't swing the doors open. Okay. Instead of swinging the doors open and saying, come on down, go shop and make some money, hire some people, staff your business, go out to eat. What they did is they said, here's some enhanced unemployment benefits. We're going to pay some of these part-time people more money to stay home than they'd make going to work, which, of course, is going to make it impossible for small businesses to hire. Oh, but for those people who do want the dignity of work, we're also going to impose a vaccine mandate. That's what the government's going to do. So before you come to work, before you go out to eat, before you go shopping, make sure you have this little card to show us. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Never mind that that vaccine didn't stop anyone from getting or spreading COVID. So they were wrong. They sabotaged the economy. But the new pivot is, well, it's working. It is working. Biden's working hard. It's working. But just understand, Republicans, Republicans, if they get in charge, inflation will be even worse. That's the clip I'm about to play you. That's what we've pivoted to. So we went from, I just if you're keeping score at home, okay, somebody who cares, I care. It's the whole hook of the show. I'm new. We've got this big radio show and all over the TV, but I care. I'm still new. I'm still attached to being the decent person as opposed to like, oh, this big fat media celebrity. He's got a lot of money. It's not like his fifth wife. I'm not that guy, man. I got one good wife. She's great. I ain't going anywhere. I mean, she might bail. (laughs) She listens to a little more of the show. She's like, oh, hell no. (laughs) But the point is, uh, as a guy who genuinely cares, okay, and I really do prioritize an honest conversation, you got to understand here. Inflation started out as, it's not inflation. The cost of Peloton bikes went up. That's what Jen Psaki originally said. When the White House began messaging on inflation, they told us inflation was a luxury problem. Luxury items are a little more expensive, but the regular people don't care. Inflation's not a thing. And then inflation went up a little more. And they were like, all right, well, we have a minor inflation. This is Janet Yellen, but it's transitory. Inflation's going to go away. It's not going to be a big deal. 
Then inflation went up a little more. And then it hung on for another 12 months. By the time Putin invaded Ukraine, inflation had gone up 14 straight months. And Biden got up to the podium. Saki got up to the podium. Eventually, KJP got up to the podium. And they were like, oh, it's Putin's price hike. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's exactly what they did. No, it's Putin. Everything was good in this country. They were practically giving away the goods. We didn't have a baby formula shortage. We didn't have inflation. What do you mean? And then Putin showed up. He screwed it up. But everyone knows the truth. Inflation had gone up for 14 straight months. So when the war started and we started Venmoing Zelensky $40 billion at a shot so we could go take celebrity photo ops with him in front of a green screen, inflation continuing to climb. Okay, people not quite buying the Putin's price hike line. Why? Because financial experts who testified on the Hill flat out said, no, it is not Putin's price hike. Come on, man. That was your Fed chair, Jerome Powell, said, nope, not Putin's price hike. We should acknowledge it had been going up before the war. So what did Biden do at that point? He pivoted to MAGA. Oh, it's MAGA, the ultra MAGA, the white supremacist, the fascist, semi-fascists. You know, it's unbelievable. We got some MAGA. You know, Ultra MAGA can't believe it's not MAGA. MAGA Arctic Blast. It's crazy. But this is where we went on inflation. We went from it's not a thing, only luxury people are affected by it, to here it is, but it's transitory, to okay, it's been in a year and a half, but it's Putin's fault, to okay, it's not quite Putin's fault, but remember Trump, to okay, the president's doing the work, just be thankful he's doing the work, because if Biden's gone, we'll have Republicans and they'll be so much worse. Okay, that's where we're at on this thing now. 21 days to go before the midterms. Do you remember when they had that big concert on the White House lawn, the Inflation Reduction Act? They brought out James Taylor and celebrated a bill that reduces inflation the way gasoline reduces a fire. And I said at the time, this is really tone-deaf, stupid optics, because the stock market was plummeting at the very minute Biden took to the stage. Why? Because the stock market had tanked off of inflation fears, off of climbing interest rates. But when you hear things like, no, no, it's working. No, no, Biden's doing better. No, no, we just got to get through the midterms. What are they telling you? They're telling you you don't matter nearly as much as they do. They should at least skip KJP for the next three weeks and let James Taylor come out and sing to us. At least we'll get distracted. Stock market was falling, but there was Joe on the lawn Saying the bill they passed would help me and you But inflation is soaring, and my savings are gone Joe can't remember who he's talking to Joe's a liar and he's insane Spend sunny days in the basement with no friends He's seen Hunter's crimes but the press won't cover them And he's shaking hands with invisible men WTOP 
Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a busy day on the show today. Crowded dance car. Diamond Dave Landau. He's stopping by the next hour. Talk about a bombshell new report that says Joe Biden has taken more time off at this point in his presidency than any president in history. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. A lot of people feel that way. We will also get into it with Caroline Levitt. She is, of course, a superstar candidate for Congress in the 1st Congressional District of New Hampshire. Uh, But right now joining us, batting leadoff on the show, she is out in Starkweather, North Dakota. Alice is on the line. Yo, Alice. Hey, Jimmy. How are you doing? Hey, girl. Uh, I'm under control. Mikey tells me you're about to break some news on this show. I am so excited. I can hardly stand it. Oh, come on, on the, Alice. What's the news? Tell them. I didn't tell them. You tell them. On the morning show on AM 1100 with Kevin and Alex, they announced that Jimmy Fela is going to Fargo on March 31st. That is a true story, Alice. I can confirm. I can confirm. That is a thing. Uh, we're going to be out there doing a stand-up show. I hadn't announced it on this show yet because it just got, like, approved. You know, Fox has to make sure you have nowhere else to be that day and all of that. But we are coming. We're going to Fargo. This is not a drill. Am I going to make it out of there in one piece? Well, you're not going to pull, like, an April Fool's joke and send over Gutfield, are you? <laughs> and I mispronounced his name on purpose because he always mispronounces yours. Yeah, he's always trying to get a slight in at me. He's, listen, he's jealous. He's the king of late night, but he's also, you know, three foot seven. So he's, you know, there's, there's still that. Uh, but no, he's the best. He's, a great, he's been a great supporter of my career. But no, I am going there myself. Alice and I'm awesome. um, It's going to be pretty ratty. So you're going to come to the stand up show, too. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, I want to see you. Oh, Alice, this is a big deal. Well, you're going to see me like these events that we do. Everybody at them. We take a thousand pictures. We hang out. The gig I did in Ottumwa this past weekend, uh, half of the crowd was staying in my hotel, unbeknownst to me. Like, (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I got to the bar to watch the Yankee game after the show. And I was like, wow, I know all of you people. And we hung out. It was great. So, no, it's going to be a good hang. But I do need like a chaperone on the road. You got to make sure they, you know, keep me in one piece. Are you volunteering for that gig, or are you one of my actual enemies? I'm volunteering for the gig, Jimmy. I I think this is like the fifth time I've talked to you. I know. I know. But the idea that we're actually going to meet now, this is, you know, it's been a long campaign promise, but we're actually building the wall, Alice. I can't wait, Jimmy. Let me know what hotel you're staying at. Oh! Stay at the same one. Alice, this is getting kinky, girl. All right. We'll talk. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for breaking the news, Alice. You're a hell, hell of a news reporter. Good work. Uh, back after this with uh, more news of the day. It doesn't all involve stand-up, but if it involves Alice, sign me up. She's a keeper. It is the high-flying, death-defiant Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. If you want a part of this thing... If you want to co-host the show on a big Tuesday episode of the program uh, that's about to get a little feisty. Buckle up, kids. Champ is not happy. Uh, the New York Post 
does as good a work as anybody out there when you're actually allowed to share the stories. If you remember, they were the ones who broke the Hunter Biden laptop story. And Twitter is like, nope, you can't share it. That's not right. And then we came to find out what? That the FBI had also alerted Mark Zuckerberg that there's going to be some Russian disinformation coming out. So you can't share this Hunter Biden thing. That's not right. Dude, that was election interference, by the way. Swung the election. No, no question. I'm not here telling you the election was stolen, but I am here telling you that was a pass interference call that didn't get called by the refs and swung the outcome of the game. When you read stats that tell you uh, 15 percent of Biden voters would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden story, if they knew the extent of Biden's not only in his involvement, but the lies he had told about never talking to his son about his business. OK, Hunter Biden was flagged 157 times by the Obama Treasury Department for problematic overseas dealings. Hunter's a dirtbag. Maybe so. And I'm not even saying the guy's going to go to jail. I don't know that that's the case. The point is, weeks before an election, the New York Post broke this bombshell story and the media wouldn't let you share it. Nah, you can't talk about it. First Amendment, Schmendment, shut up. This is an election. You don't have rights right now. Okay, we have a right to power, and that means silencing any type of dissent that might upset this apple cart in the stretch run. That was a game-changing pass interference call. When you hear 15% of voters would have changed their votes in an election where 81 million people, 81 million people voted for Biden. <laughs> All right, a lot of people don't believe that, but the point is, in an election where 81 million people voted for Biden, if 15% of them changed their votes, you know, you're talking about, you know, 10 or 12 million votes in an election that was decided by about 50,000 votes. So it was consequential, make no mistake about it. But the good news is on the latest New York Post report, uh, you are allowed to share it. And let's get into it because it is also politically damning. Uh, But in a way that's kind of baked into the cake at this point, I just wanted to give you guys kind of an overview of where we're at as a country. Uh, The White House was caught pressuring the mayor of El Paso, Texas, um, basically not to declare a state of emergency over the city's migrant crisis because they thought it would make Biden look bad before the midterms. Here it is. At least three of El Paso City Council's eight members have urged Mayor Oscar Leeser to issue an emergency declaration in response to the thousands of illegal migrants who filled the city's shelters and are being put up in local hotels. So you got three members of the city council that are saying, hey, the hotels are overwhelmed. The shelters are overwhelmed. We're stretched thin. If you declare a state of emergency, we will get some federal help, which will allow us to do what? Relocate the migrants to another place. Okay, why is that significant? Because Biden wants you to believe, you know, Ron DeSantis relocated migrants. That's human trafficking. That's inhumane. But what he doesn't tell you is they have been relocating migrants this whole entire time. The whole time. Okay, we reported on it here in New York when Biden first started flying migrants in the middle of the night into New York, into Stewart Airport. They started flying them down to Florida. That's what got DeSantis worked up. Okay, they have been relocating these migrants the whole time. Main reason being they don't want our border facilities overcrowded because the optics of that looked terrible in a pandemic. So what did they do? They just relocated them around the country. You know, the right thing might have been, oh, I don't know, secure the border. 
enforced the remain in Mexico policy, which forced asylum seekers to remain in Mexico until their case was heard. But instead, we repealed that policy because policing a border is somehow racist. That's what we decided. Stupidest thing you've ever heard. And what did we get to show for a true humanitarian crisis? These towns are overwhelmed right now. When you hear somebody like New York go, oh, gosh, we got 10,000 migrants this year. Shut up. Will you shut up? Understand, New York has a population of 8 million people. Okay, you talk about a place like El Paso. You talk about a place like Del Rio. Okay, these are much smaller communities that are getting completely overwhelmed. They're taking 50,000 migrants in a week. New York's winding about 10,000 in a year. Okay, so understand, these people are truly overwhelmed. And one official told the New York Post that during a private phone conversation last month, he'd been directed to not declare an emergency by the Biden administration. He told me the White House asked him not to declare an emergency, according to council member Claudia Rodriguez. So this is not a anonymous report. This is not a sources familiar with the situation. No, no. This is the person in the situation who flat out says, what? Okay, the White House asked him not to declare an emergency. And are you hearing a word about this anywhere? Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Yep. Nobody's saying a word. Why? Because this is the very type of thing they impeach Trump over. Okay, if you remember in the run up to the last, you know, the election, like, well, this guy was talking to Ukraine about military aid. You can't give anybody a timetable with an election on the horizon. That's, you know, quid pro quo. Same thing Biden did last week when he got caught by OPEC. OPEC outed him. OPEC released that report saying, hey, Biden asked us to wait until after the midterms to cut production because it was going to make him look bad illegally. That's the same type of quid pro quo tampering. Mind you, In neither instance was Biden saying, hey, don't cut production. He was saying, yeah, I have no problem with you screwing these people, but could you wait so I don't get screwed too? That was the hook. Same thing here with this humanitarian crisis. He's not looking to end the humanitarian crisis. This isn't about the people drowning in the rivers or suffocating in the tractor trailers. This is about his poll numbers. Hey, don't call it an emergency till after the midterms. Let a few more people drown. It's not a big deal. A couple more people suffocate. What are we talking about here? Okay, I got a midterm coming up. And that's what went on. In a statement to the Post, okay, Leaser. Gentleman's last name is Leeser, okay? Uh, I don't know. I don't bow to pressure from any side is his takeaway. I do not bow to pressure. I make decisions based on current circumstances and in the best interest of the citizen El Paso. And he addressed the issue, saying the Texas Democratic Congresswoman Veronica Escobar had urged him not to declare a state of emergency, adding the White House has asked at this point for us not to do that. And they'll continue to work with us and continue to give us the money through the Federal Emergency Management Agency. You dig? So Biden is flat out saying, hey, we'll give you the FEMA money like it's an emergency. Just don't declare an emergency. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Do you get it? Hey, here's the money you need. But it's not going to cost me politically if I give it to you. Do you understand? Do you understand? That's what they did. Okay, at a city council meeting on September the 27th, okay, this is where it all went down. Okay, they made tally. And according to their numbers, between April and mid-September of this year, 62,000 migrants crossed the border at El Paso alone. El Paso has relocated about 10,000 migrants by bus to New York City. Uh, and understand that this relocation, 
that has overwhelmed their facilities. Okay, this relocation that is, you know, a big political liability for the Biden administration, if in fact it sees the light of day, this is something they've been dealing with since the moment Biden got into office. Okay, they they contend that 1,600 migrants a day have been arriving in El Paso since Biden got into office because he got into office and the message was, come on down. It was come on down. Why do I say that? Because once you repeal the Remain in Mexico policy, once you reinstate catch and release, it means everyone apprehended at our southern border gets let in. They get let into their asylum cases granted. Okay, and if the case isn't granted, 90 percent of these people don't show up to their asylum cases. So now they're just living in the shadows here in America and they have nothing to worry about. because the Biden administration is not going to go deport them. Okay, that's the issue we have when it comes to the border. It's not what you say. We've heard Biden say, don't come. Now's not a good time. But it's what you do. And if you catch people at the border and let them into the country, they don't call home and say, don't come. They call home and sing, looks like we made it by Barry Manilow. <laughs> looks like we made it, that whole thing, because they made it in. And that's what we've done here. We have incentivized the humanitarian crisis at our southern border. But if you noticed, okay, if you're a Democrat, you're listening right now. I say this like 28 times a day, just a talk show host. I'm not your enemy. I'm not mad at you because you don't agree with me. Okay, I'm talking to you as American. I'm talking to you as a dad, talking to you as a neighbor, just a regular person. This is really destructive to our country. It's the front door of the house. I have a lot of empathy for the people trying to sneak in through our front door because they're fleeing real oppression. They're not fleeing that pretend American oppression where we're like, not enough people won an Oscar last year. We're systemically racist. Like, would you shut up? These people are getting paid $30 million a year to pretend they're spacemen. Okay, they're doing fine. Whether they get a trophy or they don't get a trophy, they're doing fine. Shut up. Okay, but the point is we don't have real perspective in this country, which has a way of distorting our perception of things like this. You say, ah, oh, the border. That's ah, Texas and Arizona. I'm not in those states. I don't care. But the problems that started the border end in all 50 states. When we're talking about fentanyl, the leading cause of American adult death in this country, the border is very much a problem for people in every single state. When it talks about the strain on our resources, understand we're on pace right now to take in two million, two million illegal migrants this year. OK, what do they all have in common? Their plight, their well-being, their existence, it's going to get paid by your tax dollars. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings and your retirement. Now, if you think about that, you go, wow, that's not good. We got people drowning trying to get into the country. We got people suffocating in tractor trailers trying to get into the country. And the ones who live, okay, are going to get paid for by me, the taxpayer. Why would a president allow this to go on? Okay, the yelling and screaming becomes, you know, at that point, well, you have no empathy. You're a racist. You know, you don't care. But none of that's applicable here. Okay, we're just talking about America like it's a family. It has X amount of income. It has Y amount of bills. Okay, we have X amount of income. We have Y amount of bills. So we have what we want to do. We have what we need to do. Okay, and in this instance, we're not having that practical discussion. We keep turning the border into some type of a, you know, take on racism. Do you remember when they tried to slander the border agents? We were talking about that again last week. Okay, we had this report where a photographer took a still photo of border agents on horseback. The border agents, of course, holding split reins to corral their horses. The White House ran with a narrative that they were whipping these Haitian migrants. Now, the photographer said, no, no, nobody was getting whipped, sent an email. Secretary Mayorkas got it two and a half hours 
before he took to the podium and said, this is horrible. This brings us back to the days of slavery. I can't believe it. Now, understand, the Democrats knew at the time they were lying. They knew then they were lying. But they were willing to gaslight a racial hoax because you'd rather talk about fake racism than talk about your real inability to control the southern border. And that's what we're talking about now with Biden. They pressure the mayor of El Paso. Hey, man, we'll give you the emergency money. Just don't call it an emergency. People know you're declaring an emergency in a Democratic-run town. It looks like, you know, even the Democrats are turning on the president. It looks like this border thing really is the problem. We've been claiming it wasn't. And that's why we're in the position we're in. Like, if you're a Democrat listening to me, president's failing you. Okay, it's not just me. He's not failing me because I'm a Republican. He's failing me because I'm an American because I live here because the drugs are coming into the country because the resources are being strained. And because sadly, and this is the part that bothers me the most, the people that are coming to this country illegally, there is this attitude like, screw them. They're breaking our laws. And I get it. Okay, I do. They are breaking our laws. But if someone was shooting at you, okay, you might step on the gas and do 75 and a 25 because you wanted to get away from the threat. You might break the law to get away from the threat. Okay, these people are escaping a threat. They're escaping cartel violence. They're escaping food insecurity. They're escaping corrupt governments. And yes, they're coming to America where they're running into all three of those things if they live in a Democratic-run state. But the fact remains, I have empathy for them. And when you encourage them to come here illegally, which is what we're doing right now, when you sweep the crisis under the rug, you tell the mayors not to talk about it. We'll give you the money, but just you know, sweep it under the rug. Okay, you're incentivizing more of this type of suffering. Nobody ever gets on the air here, not at Fox, not anywhere, okay, and says, oh, we don't want immigrants. We don't say that. We never say that, okay? America was built on immigration. We know that. It was built on legal immigration, actual legal immigration. Come here, be a part of the country, assimilate pay taxes, buy into the system, have some proud, uh, you know, pride in the fact that you're an American, you live in the greatest country in the world. We're, we're for that. We're, we're for all of that. Okay, but what we're talking about down at our southern border is anything but that. What we're talking about is a real humanitarian crisis, okay, that's not going away no matter how much Biden yells at these small-town mayors not to actually talk about it. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. Getting back to the phones. Pam is down in Florida. Yo, Pam. Hey, girlfriend. How are you? Oh, girl. You're still down in Florida, huh? Yep, came down. I told you to vote for Governor DeSantis. Well, and uh, was watching this morning on on uh, on America's Newsroom. You're oh, great! Oh, thanks, thanks, Pam. I'm Pell. trying to go down to the um to the Patriot Awards. I got to see if my husband will let me. Oh well, I will have you know, I'm doing stand up at the Patriot Awards. Um, oh my God! I, and that's right. You know, I'm in Jupiter right now. I'm sitting oh, on the beach, Jimmy. Get out of here! I'll be down there doing yep. my show. Um, uh, the day of the show, which is a Thursday, I believe it's like November the sixteenth or whatever the heck it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll be there at the awards on the sixteenth. I'll be doing my show live on the sixteenth from the Hard Rock is Casino. Is the information available when you go to the Fox Patriot Awards? I have it in my email. I'm sure is it, it is there? Yeah. in okay, some capacity. Good. But I, whatever, if you know how to find the show, you'll know how to find me because we're all doing all of our Fox shows from the same location. It's kind of like Perfect. what we did when we were at CPAC. 
So yeah. no, no, Pam, yeah. we'll be down there. Like it's a it's a thing. Okay. I know if you're in the if I you're in to town. See you girlfriend. Oh, I like who you were talking to, Alice. Alice is going to take care of you in yes. South Dakota. I love it. <laughs> I lo- no, I love you. Yeah, great. great. Alice says she's coming to my hotel. I mean, this is getting hot, Pam. <laughs> Holy <laughs> hell. <laughs> I hope Jenny's not listening. Hi, Je- Jenny and Je- Lincoln. Yeah, they're the best. Jenny doesn't even care at this point. She's like, just get them out of the house. You know, she just wants to work <laughs> on her stuff. But uh, but we're definitely, definitely, definitely hanging. Like, if you come down, tell the hubs. You'll hang. You'll meet the whole Fox crew. And you'll love it. Like, everybody, I mean it. It's my favorite thing about this show is traveling with the show. Everybody who works on yeah. this show, works on the Fox shows, they're really fun. Like, they're good, fun All people. All the producers come yes. and so forth, right? The whole Barnyard Jamboree. You're going to see a lot of things. <laughs> just, you're going to see a lot okay, of things great. you can't unsee, Pam. So get your game face on. I will make sure on. that I get with you. I'll make sure. Now you're talking. All right. Well, we'll talk before okay, then. Okay, girlfriend. Be well. There she goes. The great Pam, who says she's coming to the Patriot Awards. The Patriot Awards are on Fox Nation. Uh, the It is Thursday. November the 16th is the date of the show. Let me make sure I get that right because I'm known to get that wrong. It is Thursday. November the 17th. November the 17th. They they just hit me. I'm not even kidding. If you get the promo wrong, there's a shock collar that all the anchors wear. Ow! It's Thursday the 17th. It's just I said 16th. They... But it is Thursday, the 17th day of November. I will be down. Uh, Pete Hegseth is hosting the Patriot Awards. And you will see every Fox News personality known to man uh, and several who are not known to man. Uh, but we will all be there, all of us. I'm doing my show live from the Hard Rock Casino on Thursday, the 17th. Uh, also a hot rumor that I'll be doing it live the 18th after everybody else goes home. You know, the radio guys stay behind, kind of man the fort. Uh, so if you're in Florida, uh, if you're in that area, Think about it. Come hang out. It's you know you got options. That's the point. I am a very you know as Fox Across America goes, like we actually go across America. You'd actually meet us. You can hang out. We're like the Grateful Dead of radio. Uh, but you'd probably get a bigger contact high from my team than you would from theirs. If we're being honest, this whole show, <laughs> this whole staff is a mess. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Uh, it's serving us just fine. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Another big hour of Fox Across America coming up. Diamond Dave Landau, nationally touring comedian, my good pal, stops by to weigh in on a new report from CNN of all people. That says Joe Biden has taken more vacation than any president in history at this point in the presidency, including Donald Trump. Uh, 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of this. Uh, We bring it up, and it's not because I'm running the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. I say this all the time. I don't genuinely believe Donald Trump's going to run in 2024. Actually, I don't think he's going to run. I think it's going to be DeSantis. I think you got an outside shot of somebody like Carrie Lake sneaking up. You know, I love guys like Tim Scott. Uh, There's a lot of people out there. The Republicans have a really deep bench. The reason the Democrats are still talking about Biden and heaven forbid like a Hillary Clinton is because they have no one else who can possibly run. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) I mean, you really think about it when you read all these articles like Biden's not going to run in 2024. Who would the favorites be? None of them list Kamala. None of them. They talk about Gavin Newsom. They talk about the jackass J.B. Pritzker running Illinois. What a mess that family is. We'll get into them in this hour. Okay, and yes, you hear some outside talk about somebody like Hillary who keeps floating articles in the press 
about what if Hillary ran again? And that's, you know, her talking to a reporter or her handlers talking to a reporter and asking them to, you know, kind of poll test the idea of her running again. Get it out there. See what kind of reaction we get. Well, the truth is the way Biden's running the country, he's making a strong case for literally anybody to be president except for him. I admire your honesty. I mean, when you look across the board right now, it's all the guy has done is lie and go on vacation. It's all he's done. Okay, lie and go on vacation. I will govern for all Americans, whether they voted for me or not. (laughs) That didn't happen. Unity! Unity beats in my soul! Dude, the guy, Unity beats in my soul. Do you remember when he said that the people in Georgia were worse than Jim Crow because they wanted voter ID? Remember when he called it a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Is that going to unite the country? We got to shame these people. Screw your freedom. That's not unity. Do you remember when he gave that blood red speech in Philly? Said half the country's a bunch of uh, fascists? Again, this is not unity. He's absurd. It's all he's done is lie and go on vacation. The vaccine will stop the spread of COVID. No more. <laughs> Didn't happen. Okay, the guy just lies and go on and goes on vacation. Oh, it's inflation. It's Putin's price hike. <laughs> okay, as we know, his own Fed chair, Jerome Powell, flat out said, hey, it's not Putin's price hike. But Joe Biden then pivoted to what? Oh, it's MAGA. You can't handle the truth. He can't handle the truth. He just lies and goes on vacation. So let me read you this. It's very fascinating. Just, you know, I wanted to get into it for a minute. And the reason I wanted to get into it is I wanted you to see where the media really does fail all Americans. Okay, what the media wants is clicks. And oftentimes the easiest way to get clicks is to A, either engender some type of a controversy or B, you know, just rile up some, you know, general run-of-the-mill political hatred. So if you remember during the Trump presidency, and I saw this during the Obama presidency, just to be clear. Okay, I remember listening to right-wing radio hosts yelling about Obama's vacations. He's going on vacation. Who's paying the gas bill? You're paying the gas bill. You know, that whole thing. Yelling and screaming. Yeah, you paid every president's gas bill. The president goes on vacation, you're paying. Taxpayers fund everything they do. Okay, but I remember when people were new to the political conversation under Obama, I do remember listening to right-wing radio slander him for things every president did. Doesn't mean I like Obama. Doesn't mean I think Obama was, a you know, particularly good president. Don't be thick, all right? But he wasn't, okay? Obama was very overrated, very overrated as a president. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant mother like you. Ooh, didn't think you'd like that one. But the point is, okay, they did the same thing to Trump. What did they tell you under Trump? Oh, he's going to Mar-a-Lago. You're paying the bill. All he does is golf, and you keep having to pay the bill. The media is a bunch of losers. And I say that, why? Because here's a new report, okay, that shows Joe Biden has spent over a quarter of his time in office hanging out in Delaware, either at his house in Wilmington or his house in Rehoboth Beach. According to a CNN analysis of presidential schedules, tally kept by Mark Noller, he is the longtime unofficial statistician of the White House press corps, current president has made over 55 visits to Delaware totaling some or all of 175 days. By contrast, Trump, he's always at Mar-a-Lago. Trump had spent about 135 days either at Mar-a-Lago or in New Jersey. 
So understand, Biden has been away 40 days more than Trump has. And you're not going to hear a word about that anywhere in the press, not from the same New York Times that rambled on that Trump kept golfing, not from the same Washington Post that rambled on that Trump kept golfing. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Okay, White House Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates saw this report, issued a statement to CNN, saying President Biden is deeply proud of his roots and his family, and it has been a staple of his time in public life to never lose touch with either. Which is a fancy way of saying, yeah, he goes on vacation all the time. I mean, what do you want from me? Guy's not really in charge. (laughs) We don't care where he is. Get him out of the Oval. So we got adults are talking. Presidents of the United States are constantly on the job, regardless of their location. This is more of the statement. Whether they're on a state visit overseas or just 100 miles from the White House for a short trip to Wilmington, Delaware. And as all Americans can agree, it's important for leaders to avoid becoming ensconced in Washington, D.C. But understand, this is a president who wants you to believe climate change is an existential threat. We're all going to die if you don't reduce your carbon footprint. Okay, we got to cut down on emissions. So I'm going to fly back and forth to Delaware 55 times. Okay, I'm going to spend 174 days in Delaware because the climate change is so bad. I'm just going to keep getting on my plane and flying around. I mean, there's just a lot of fraud in this, a lot of hypocrisy in this. But the reason you're not hearing any outrage for real is because nobody cares. Nobody cares if he's in Washington or not, because I don't think any objective person watches this presidency and goes, Yeah, Biden's in charge. I agree with that. Nobody thinks he's in charge, okay? When you look around at how many times you've seen his press events cut off or you've seen his wife direct him off the stage or you've seen people fail to direct him off the stage, so now the band's got to play Hail to the Chief seven times while this guy wanders around the audience figuring out which way the exit is. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But he is a guy that has basically just lied and gone on vacation. That's been the Biden presidency. It's a huge mess. Huge mess. Okay, but he's told big lies. Like when we started, okay, understand, one of the most consequential things he did out of the gate was say that anybody who wanted voter ID down in Georgia, I've played you this clip a billion times, said they were worse than Jim Crow. It's Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. And understand why I bring that up. It's because last night we're in debate mode now. The midterm's coming up in 21 days. Brian Kemp is running for governor in Georgia. He's act, you know, by all accounts, he's going to kill Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is full of Okay, understand. Brian Kemp last night down in Georgia is defending his state from attacks by Stacey Abrams of voter suppression. These attacks, which began in 2018 when she lost a gubernatorial race, refused to concede the election, said it was stolen, said there was voter suppression. Okay, Biden piled on when he got into office two years later, said that Georgia was suppressing votes, said they were worse than Jim Crow, attacking people with mobs and dogs. And this is now an issue in Georgia. Okay, Brian Kemp has to address the issue of voter suppression. Oh, by the way, early voting in Georgia is up over 220 percent. So when Stacey Abrams gets out there, it's like, ah, voter suppression. Put on a red nose. Strap on some giant shoes. Pull up in a tiny car with 85 people riding shotgun because you're a clown. (laughs) Here is Brian Kemp talking about it. It's clip 16. With all due respect, I was called out. I, I would like to just the record reflect as my time as Secretary of State, I'm the person that created the online voter registration system in this state. 
where any Georgian can vote, register to vote 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So for someone to say that we have been suppressive in our state when we've seen turnout increase over the years, including with minorities like African Americans, Latinos, and others, is simply not true. And again, Ms. Abrams is going to lie about my record because she doesn't want to talk about her own. Thank you. And that's essentially what he's saying to Stacey Abrams is... You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Okay. They're lying. This is everything that everything in the midterms, just all projection. They just lie. It starts at the top. Biden lies, goes on vacation. Just lies. Straight up lies. Okay? No one, you don't have one person, not one, who has been denied the right to vote. You don't have one legally registered voter that has been denied the right to vote. Nobody. And believe me, if the news had one, they'd be everywhere. They'd be on every left-wing talk show known to man. Oh, the election's under attack. Legal people can't even vote. When we come back on the Don Lemon Show. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. And the reason they're not buying it is because it's not true. Okay, but the lies Biden has told have great consequence. Because they set up these debate fronts, these battle fronts, that aren't on legitimate issues. So when you spend 10 minutes at, in a Georgia debate talking about fake voter suppression, that's 10 minutes you could have spent talking about, oh, I don't know, crime, okay? Maybe the gang issues that they're having in relation to gun crime down in Georgia. Here's Brian Kemp flat out asking Stacey Abrams. You know, you spend all this time campaigning on voter suppression. How many sheriffs have endorsed you, Stacey Abrams? Here it is, clip 13. My question for Ms. Abrams tonight is how many Democrat or how many sheriffs statewide have publicly endorsed your campaign? Mr. Kemp, what you are attempting to do is continue the lie that you've told so many times. I think you believe it's the truth. I support law enforcement and did so for 11 years, worked closely with the Sheriff's Association. I'm probably the only person standing here who's ever actually written an SOP for police department when I was working for the city of Atlanta. Ms. Abrams refused to answer the question, so I'll let you know that the answer is zero. No sheriffs are endorsing her statewide because of her stances on wanting to defund the police. The force is strong with this one. You understand? And he's telling the truth. She was a previous part of the chorus to defund the police. We've got racist cops. They're a bigger threat to the community than the criminals. It's the dumbest thing you've ever heard. There's nothing has ever been dumber. These three dumbest words ever uttered by politicians were defund the police. Yo, you have to have the police. But you understand, last night, what are they talking about? They're talking about the police. They're talking about, you know, these issues. Okay, they're talking about fake voter suppression. And it all starts at the tippy top. Okay, all of it. And that's the part that's so frustrating. As you hear these reports, like, oh, you know, Biden's on vacation. He's on vacation the most. That's all he's doing. And it's true, okay, that he lies and goes on vacation. That has been the gig for this guy. What did he get caught saying yesterday? Oh, gas in California. That's always been seven bucks a gallon. That is a fact check false. That's what we were talking about in America's newsroom this morning. Joe Biden gets out there and campaigns like he's never heard of cameras, like he's never heard of tape recorders. Like Joe Biden, I honestly, I think he might be Amish and that he doesn't know anything about electricity. So he just gets out there and speaks as if there's no way to capture the audio and contrast it with the facts. You know what gas was when Biden took office in the state of California? It was $3.35. Correct the mundo. You know what gas is now in the state of California? No! Oh, no, no! That's the price of gas in California, $7. $7. But he said yesterday in front of the media 
No, no, the price has always been high out here. But don't worry, it's coming down. It's uh, down a dollar thirty-five. We got this under control. Come on, don't bullshit me. It's not under control. It's going back up. Okay, the only reason that it even came down is because we were releasing our strategic petroleum reserves, which, oh, by the way, the White House just announced they're about to release more of. Why? Because something that was normally reserved for an active war or, heaven forbid, Mother Nature, birthing person nature, hits us with a storm. We have strategic energy reserves to replenish and keep our economy functioning. But in this instance, we're deploying those assets because we want to keep gas prices under control ahead of the midterms. Okay, but again, when Biden gets out there and says, yeah, no, we got the gas under control. It's down a little bit. It's always been seven bucks in California. What's the big deal? It's just another long list of Biden lies. And now what we know is he's got as many vacation days as he does lies. White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made some he tried I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We had a Ron Burgundy moment in the White House yesterday. Biden was promoting a website and on the teleprompter, he spelled out the words D-O-T. Like, you know, you're talking like dot com. It's pretty funny. Here it is, clip two. If you get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. <laughs> report fraud, you know, dot dot F-T-C dot gov, D-O-T. <laughs> Have you ever had a check? Hear it one more time. It's just funny. Clip two. If you get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Oh, the poor guy. Shame on Joe Biden. You know, I'm reading this report about Biden taking more vacation than any president in history. See, I can't get mad at the guy. The guy's in bad shape. Yeah, I, I want him on vacation. The further he is away from the Oval Office, the better off we are. Okay, the guy is a mess. It is an iTunes user agreement of a presidency. You know, when you join iTunes, you scroll to the bottom and click I agree. You don't read any of it. That's everything. It's the whole presidency. Scroll to the bottom, click I agree. 
Now we've got some new climate change bill. Now we just killed the Remain in Mexico policy. Now we killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline. So that's all it's been. Hey, old man, scroll to the bottom, click, I agree. More executive orders his first two days in office than any president in history. Okay, and that's been the MO of this entire administration, is that he's the vessel and the people who are steering this vessel have been on a radical left-wing shopping spree that has bloated the size of the government, sparked a record level of inflation. We're in a fuel crisis. We went from a country that was energy independent to a country that's in a fuel crisis. Like, we're actually importing fuel from other parts of the world in the name of saving the environment. But understand, the other parts of the world burn it filthier than we do. So we're creating more pollution in the name of creating less pollution? Like, is anybody even wrapping their head around that? What the hell did you just say? That's what we're doing. Okay, we don't want to get our hands dirty. It's like, you know, when the mafia writes a check and you go out and you kill somebody? That's what we're doing with oil. Hey, you know that thing we talked about? Yeah, it's done. That's what's going on. And then we have to use extra fuel to ship that dirty fuel here. It's all idiotic stuff, man. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We're fired up to talk to this next guest who is on his way to the Kansas City Improv this weekend. Hey, girl. Uh, Diamond Dave Landau returns to the program. Yo, yo. What's up, Davey? Are you there? I consider that a uh, wrong pipe swallow. Oh, out of you or out of me? No meme. Oh, it's so funny that, that you said. It, well, it's so funny because I said. a great d- way to start an interview. <laughs> to be choking on, on, on water. That, that, that's a good sign of age. Can I, can I, by the way, can I, since you brought up a great way to start an interview because I'm laughing, people always say to me, they're like, when you go on TV, you know, how come you don't correct the host when they mispronounce your name? I'm like, because that is the most horrific way to start a two-minute conversation with somebody. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's Fela. Now that I've just annihilated any momentum and goodwill we had on this TV set, you yeah. idiots. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about other stuff now that I've decided that I'm going to be hostile from the go. <laughs> so true, man. You, you know, so much of comedy, I think more than anything else, is you just, you, you know, you've got to be conversationally bulletproof. You just show up, take the hits, find the lanes, you know, and away you go. But I think, you know, yes. I, I don't think I, I don't I think what happened, Diamond Dave, is I think somewhere along the line, for real, when the Internet got going, social media got going, people started to like lionize comedians as being like more important than we are being more meaningful, like we're this exalted art form. I'm like, dude, most of us got paid in drink tickets the first three years. OK, yeah. <laughs> we, we shouldn't be held to the same societal standards as like senators and everybody else out there. But I think we got duped into thinking comedy was this like exalted thing. And for that reason, I think there came this expectation of like comedian decorum that is just completely not realistic. No, if there's a mic in front of me and I'm talking in it, you shouldn't take any of that seriously. Oh, no, none of it. But, like, there's no reason. And I agree. There's Yeah, we've been put kind of, I don't know, want to say it's a pedestal, but, mm-hmm. yeah, the way that I guess you can be canceled, taken down, every way you look at it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like what we say is important. And I'm like, it's not important. 
No, it's not. It's <laughs> Stop saying it's important. That's how we got into this mess, okay? The whole point of, of comedy is we say things uh, so the people who are doing important work don't say them themselves at work and get fired. Like, we're there as an outlet. You come out right. watch us say all the things you're not supposed to say so you don't go to work and, you know, say them yourself. Isn't that supposed to be the hook? Well, yeah, that's I'm the guy who went to a regular job like a photo mat, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day or a, a pharmacy and would be fired within the first few weeks for doing everything you weren't supposed to do. I had to find a place to let me do that or be homeless. Those were pretty <laughs> much my my life options. <laughs> and, you know, oddly enough, though, most people who find that place that'll do it uh, do so with a degree of homelessness involved along the way. That's true. That's, that's, that, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make, folks, is don't take comedians seriously. So let me ask you this. Uh, now that I've prefaced yeah. this and, and I bought you as much store credit as I could with our audience. Uh, you happen you. I to, appreciate it. Well, you happen to retweet the Iron Sheik a lot, which I enjoy. And I don't yeah. think the Iron Sheik's tweets get the attention they deserve online. But isn't there just something – I just think there's such a good parallel because the Iron Sheik, he's always speaking in like scatological, controversial things. But is he yeah. not a little Biden-esque in the fact that you just – the mouth opens and you never know where it's going to close? That's why I love him, except you know he, he doesn't run the free world, although I would prefer him to Biden. <laughs> um he just be, <laughs> just be telling Russians to screw themselves in so many words. Yep. Uh, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy a man who just swears at everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. Tells me like, this is he quotes songs, but will just add the f word to them three or four <laughs> times. It, it's wonderful. It's just there's the, it's always in all caps like a psychopath. <laughs> I enjoy every minute of it. I've just this. This sociopath who clearly has CPE. Yes. Just being able to just type. I, I can't believe he can type, but the fact that he can or talk to text is is one of the best things on Twitter. Dave Landau joining us on the line, extolling on the virtues of the Iron Sheik's Twitter feed. Uh, you don't get enough coverage of that on the big box news shows these days. So, you know, I just want to go out. I want to shine a light. Isn't that what they say? I want to shine a light. I want to highlight the fine work that's being done by the Sheik man uh, over there. Uh, I bring up the Sheik, though, and that parallel with Biden, because we were reading this report. I texted you this this morning. I don't know that I was surprised by the report, and there's really not much of a pushback on it. But Biden has taken more vacation time than any other president in history. Do you think there's no pushback because people don't care because they don't think he's in charge? I think it's because most of the vacation time just involves him getting on and off the plane. <laughs> you talking about like when he falls three times on the way up the stairs and stuff? Yes, exactly. Yes, and, uh, or the fact that it's also him getting ice cream and not answering a reporter with anything to do with whatever the question was. <laughs> Did you see the one over the weekend where it's, you know, with the girl, it's like a young girl. He grabs her by the shoulders and he's like, no serious right. guys until you're 30, which I get. It's like his folksy grandpa thing. But when the conversation isn't being had, like her back is to him, you know what I'm saying? And he just grabs yeah. her and starts talking to a child about dating it's a little awkward, no? No, it's very creepy. And I get that he thinks it's a joke because, like, you know, he's trying to say 30 is old because, you know, when he was born, that's how long people lived. <laughs> but, yeah, it's very creepy because it's like just like you're touching a kid. And then if you notice in the clip, as bad as it sounds, 
they're not going for Biden to stop touching her. They're going for the guy's cell phone to stop recording it. I know. How about that? <laughs> it's just even... Yeah, they're like, put that down. We don't need evidence. Who are these <laughs> lousy parents, by the way, that are fine with a presidential groping? They're like, who's this other guy? Not right, Dave. And you hear, <laughs> you hear the mom just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll consider that. Please, please stop touching my kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, dude, I'm telling you, it's the only presidential meet and greet to end in pepper spray. Joe Biden. <laughs> you, you don't expect this. You don't expect this. You know, Obama would do like a slick fist bump. Trump would throw a hat, take a selfie. But he definitely has. And, and I just I bring it up because we've been around it. He has an element of that guy. OK, Jenny has told me about that guy. OK, uh, yeah. you know, when you're a girl, there is that guy at Christmas or at a church event that holds on a little too long when they give you the hug. And it you know, yeah. doesn't quite mean they're going to do a bad thing and take it a step further. But sometimes the, you know, 40 seconds of bonus hug is, is more than enough. Yes, or it's uh, like, yeah, reach into my pocket, get some candy, and end it's a Werther's original, so it's like two losses. <laughs> <laughs> Are you standing up to Big Butterscotch? Was that the point of the hit today? <laughs> exactly. I got to take him down. Dave, Dave Landau's Big Butterscotch has had it too good for too long, and he's going to talk about it. That's why we respect you. There's no boundaries. Um <laughs> You know, I was just in Kansas City where you're heading, by the way. I had Jenny Fallon with me. Some fantastic barbecue. Kansas City is a great – it's a great city. Um, You're at the Improv. Is that where you're going? The Improv, yeah. The Improv Comedy Club is going to be there. KC. I'm definitely going to eat barbecue, man. That's my favorite. Arthur Bryant's is big time. Uh, I went to Tate's. It was pretty solid. You know, the thing about being a comic on the road, and I don't think anybody appreciates this about our profession since, you know, we're doing so much inside baseball today, is being a comedian on the road. Heart attack? I know. (laughs) No, no, but being a comedian on the road is like it's the closest thing to being a hitman in that you go to this city, you know, you basically got to do one thing a day. For an hour, two hours, and the rest of the city are just kind of living in the shadows for the other 23, 22 hours a day. And then you're on a plane out of town like it never happened. It's almost like yeah. it is. like You're like a comedy hitman. It does feel like that. It's, it's just you stop it. It's more like gross point blank and less like the one with uh, Tom Cruise where he has to go and, you know, kill people all day. Yeah, yeah. It's just the one. It's the one quick, easy one. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the day is just for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a thing. It's like you've got you got a you've got a manageable hitman schedule. That's what it is. It's like you know, like in the in the pandemic, everybody learned to lessen their load and do more self care. Nowadays, the hitmen, you know, they invest in self care. Yeah, they do. They... <laughs> yeah, I wonder. It's probably funny. Probably in hotels, a lot of the times with hitmen, mm-hmm. it's probably just comics, hitmen, human traffickers, uh, you know, people that work for Hunter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All three. It's just, just us. Just, you know, salt of the earth people. Oh, it's so funny. I'm talking to Dave Landau on the line. You can see him at the Kansas City Improv uh, this Friday and Saturday. Uh, did you see your boy James Corden got kicked out of uh, the restaurant Baltazar uh, for being rude to the wait staff? I had to talk about this on America's Newsroom this morning. Ice, my favorite thing in the world, is when one of these guys turns out to be Ellen behind the scenes. Uh, and that, oh, I love it. Yeah, and that apparently is him, Mr. Like Lipstink Carpool Karaoke Guy, was apparently berating, uh, okay, berating staff to the point that the owner outed him, which you understand. An owner doesn't want to out a celebrity for bad behavior because then it sends the message to other celebrities that if you come to my place and act like a jerk, you know, we're going to read you your truth in public, which celebrities don't want that. So how bad must he have been that this guy actually spoke up? 
I can't imagine. He really would have had to just degrade everybody. And, like, looking at the restaurant, how bad was your service? Yeah. Like, how – it's an upscale restaurant. You know you're getting everything you want. They're pampering you. Mm-hmm. And you're just throwing a fit because you're like, yeah, I, I know. I was in Cats, and now I'm going to take it out on a waitress. <laughs> oh. Go ahead. All, all, all my bad choices are going to come out on this girl. Like, there's, I, I, Does, I just hate, like, I, there's nothing worse to me than, like, degrading people that you view are less than you. Yes. Like, it's, it's the worst, it's, it's the sign that you have no character whatsoever. Yes, listen. And now, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. No, I was just going to say, you know, my Jenny was a waitress at one point. I, obviously, it was a cab driver. Like, we tip people, Jenny and I, in the service industry to the point that they think we're swingers. You know, we're giving them yeah. that much money. Well, like, here's everything we have. <laughs> like, literally all of it. I just feel so terrible. Here's everything I have. So this idea that he comes in. And he's like, you know, do you know who I am? I'm the guy who sits on a flatbed truck and pretends to be driving the car while we sing karaoke with celebrities. And it's yeah. just a monster. It's just, it's, it really is. It's, the, it's low coming from regular people. But coming from a celebrity, it is. You're right. It's the lowest of the low. Well, a guy who comes in is like, yeah, I'm the Weight Watchers guy coming here to destroy your restaurant just to eat everything because everything I do is fake yep. for money. Oh, <laughs> like, man. You no, know, he's garbage. Like, I, I, I don't know. There's just, I, at least because of his popularity, no one in the restaurant knew who he was. <laughs> you know, fortunately for him, the patrons watch a lot of late night TV, so none of them knew who he was. Yeah, exactly. And they just looked over there, probably like, "Is that Louis Anderson's son?" <laughs> Hunter Anderson. It's Louis Anderson's yeah. deadbeat kid. Oh, that's funny. Hi, well, he just threw one of his loafers at a girl. <laughs> For no reason. He was like, I love the story. He's like, there. well, my, he's like, his wife was there. She ordered the eggs up, but there was a little bit of egg white and the yolk. So he told, like, the waiter who doesn't know how to do his job. I mean, he's a guy. He's a fat, spoiled child. Because he flipped out on a kid in London. He was riding a, he was riding a rental bike in London. A kid got in his path over the summer, and he screamed at a little kid. And they kind of crushed the story pretty quickly. Uh, but first of all, buy a bike. The guy makes $36 million a year. Do we need to be renting bicycles? Also, also, here's an idea. You're in London, one of the most, if not the most overcrowded city on earth. Maybe that's not the place you go biking if you don't want people in front of you. I know. For a guy, for a guy who can't even drive a car because they fake the karaoke. He rides on a flatbed truck. Do you remember when that was a scandal? Yeah. It's hilarious. Well, I know. That's why we never got lucky enough to see it T-boned. <laughs> Good for you, Dave Landau. Go to the improv this weekend. He will assault James Corden for you. He will wish bad things onto other comedians. I mean, that's why you go to comedy. You just want to go for the comedy on comedy crime these days, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, remember when doing a late night set like on that show would be a dream? Oh, my gosh. It was so. Not that show. I, I take know. that back. But, it's, you know, you know what I mean. No, it's think about it. When, when we started out in comedy. <laughs> Doing a late night set was the holy grail. Like if you got on to a show, even if it was Letterman back then, it was a big deal. Excuse me, even if it was Leno. I mean, obviously, this is all a subset of Johnny Carson had 40 million viewers when late night started. Now, yeah. on a given night, you know, uh, Greg will have 2.2 million. Colbert will be somewhere in that neighborhood. And everybody else has about a half a million. Nobody's watching. So you're right. Well, when Greg you... wins, though. 
Oh, yeah, he wins nine and nine. I mean, but you got to look at the guest he has on. I mean, come on. I'm kidding. But yeah. uh, <laughs> like, look at it. You got to look at the panelists. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the point is, no, the other guys, it, you know, they stopped doing comedy, as you know. We've talked about this. There's a lot of activism. But the point is the people being the activists are always the most flawed people. And Corden's another good example of that because he's, you know, a shiny, happy, woke person and everything's tolerant and inclusive till the camera shuts off. And then he's throwing staplers at the staff like he's Ellen. Exactly. Like, I just watched Family Guy do a bit on, um, it was basically like, you know, the Arms of the Angel commercial with uh, the, the hurt dogs. Yeah, yeah. Except it was for Ellen DeGeneres staff members. <laughs> and for only 20 cents a day, you could help save one of their lives. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> Because no multimillionaire or nobody should have to see a multimillionaire try on sweaters during Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I just look at that. And it's like you in show business, you do see that there's this level of narcissism that I don't comprehend. Mm-hmm. But some people get this little bit of power who may have never had it. I assume he didn't. I assume yeah. Ellen didn't in their life. And then it's like. Well, this is why you never had any, because no one would have liked you even more than they didn't like you before. <laughs> you just, you know, like you throw water on a gremlin and they multiply. They threw water <laughs> on your unlikability, and it is now multiplied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now we're all just, now everyone's afraid of you. What a fun way to go through life. <laughs> Some 20 year old intern crying in a closet. Because they made eye contact with you. They weren't supposed to. You know, it's true. You know, by the way, this is a much better interview like five years from now when we're bigger stars and we've both become monsters. Yeah, yeah, you'll hear about how I rented a bike in downtown L.A. and threw it at a homeless guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, you know, I was I was yelling at the at the wait staff at the fancy restaurant. I take my wife to Applebee's. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was at IHOP and I needed to speak to the dishwasher. Not having it. <laughs> this is going to age bad. All right, let's strike this from the record while we can. Uh, everyone go to Kansas City and see Dave Landau this weekend or you're dead to me. Yo, good luck. Give him hell out there. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Of course, buddy. I'll see you soon. There we go. Dave Landau. Diamond Dave, living legend. Great comic. He's in Kansas City all weekend. We're back after this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got Andy Biggs coming up in the next hour. Caroline Levitt, she is, of course, the GOP nominee for the 1st Congressional District of New Hampshire. Uh, we had her on the night of the primaries, and she went on the win. So, hey, we'll take all credit, even though we had very little to do with it. Uh, but basically, she has been slandered at every turn by her opponent, Chris Pappas, up there. Uh, they're calling her a Nazi. You know, they're saying she's waging an abortion ban. You know, things that aren't true, things she's here to talk about. But if you notice the common thread, 21 days from the midterms, everybody is just all in on character assassinations. No one's even talking policy. Like, this is bum fights. You know, political discourse used to be like, I have this idea and I disagree with you. Now it's just flailing in the streets. People just hitting each other with 40s and shopping carts. It's a mess. 
live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We got a big hour coming up on this show. I mean, they're technically all big when you consider my weight. Uh, But no, they are big because not only do we have Andy Biggs coming by from the great state of Arizona, but Caroline Levitt, hotshot congressional candidate up in the great state of New Hampshire, up in the Granite State, is going to be stopping by to take us inside the campaign goings on as we are now 21 days from the midterms. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, is going to have a quick conversation with you about last night's debates. 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in. If you don't see it the way I do, that's okay. Do you remember like America where you could agree to disagree? That's like the hook of my show. It's kind of like a throwback. People back in the day used to be like, oh, we'll agree to disagree on the issue. But now they're like, oh, that's it. I'm going to call your your employer and get you fired. You're a monster. You're literally Hitler. Get out of here. That's what it's become. Uh, But on this show. We still have this old-fashioned thing called political discourse. So agree or disagree, uh, 888-788-9910. That's the phone number if you want to be a part of this shindig. Really quickly, though, let's head back to the campaign trail. Okay, last night in the great state of Ohio, that is, of course, where Jenny is from, there was a debate that made most of the headlines because J.D. Vance really got into it with Tim Ryan over border security and tax cuts and everything in between. But before we get to that, I had to play you this one other clip. Because down in the great state of Georgia, Senator Raphael Warnock, this might be the worst soundbite I've ever heard, was asked why, if the Democrats control everything, should they get another chance? And he tried to pivot to, I'm not even kidding, he tried to pivot to the pandemic, like with a straight face. Can you imagine being that stupid? This is the case for reelecting Democrats. Start here, clip 17. Democrats have been in control of the White House, of Congress for the past few years. Inflation has soared. Why should Georgia voters give you another chance? We are still in the throes of a pandemic that dragged on for more than two years. (laughs) This is total crap. Did you hear that? So why? Democrats control everything. Why should you be given another chance? Pause, 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 pause. (laughs) Well, in a pandemic. You don't have a clue. Yo, the pandemic is over. Everything is reopened. Okay, and the only reason the pandemic even constituted a burden on anything in this country for a minute longer than it had to was because Biden trotted out all these big government policies that implemented mandates enhanced unemployment benefits, and crushed the private sector. But the point Raphael Warnock is making, he was asked, why do Democrats deserve another chance? And he said, because it's been hard because of the pandemic. What does that mean? Vote for me? And if we get another one of these pandemics, I'll ask for your forgiveness again after not delivering for you? Like, this is what I'm trying to highlight, is what do these people stand for, you know, What are they trying to pull off in the stretch run? You know, I was saying in the last hour, there's a lot of character assassinations. Last night, this J.D. Vance clip made a lot of headlines. Because Tim Ryan and a lot of the Democrats keep talking about the great replacement theory. Which is, you know, that Democrats are letting people into this country illegally in hopes that they'll be able to vote someday. At which point they will have shifted the demographics in their favor and they will have a far easier time winning elections. 
Now, it's funny because Tucker Carlson brings up the Great Replacement Theory from time to time, and every time he does, he plays video montages of Democrats pushing this very theory, whether it's a guy like Dick Durbin or the Castro brothers down in Texas talking about how the Democrat, the demographics are changing through the people coming into this country. The Republicans don't know what to do with it. Essentially, the Great Replacement Theory. Bingo. But when a Republican talks about the reality that this is happening, they're like, oh, you're going to spark hate crimes. Oh, you're going to get people killed. Oh, it's a conspiracy. How dare you accuse us of doing exactly what we're doing? (laughs) That's what this is. But here is Vance pushing back because what do they stand for with 21 days to go before the election? In Georgia, they stand for the pandemic's tough. I don't know what that means in terms of leadership. In Ohio, what they stand for is character assassinations. This guy's pushing the replacement theory, some kind of a Nazi. Let's get him. Here's J.D. Vance clapping back, as the kids say, clip 18. This is disgusting. I'd like to get here's exactly what happens when the media and people like Tim Ryan accuse me of engaging the great great replacement theory. I'll tell you exactly exactly what happens, Tim. What happens is that my own children, my biracial children, get attacked by scumbags online and in person because you are so desperate for political power that you'll accuse me, the father of three beautiful biracial babies, of engaging in racism. We are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe in the the country without being a racist. And this just shows how desperate this guy is for political power. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Good for J.D. Vance, because it's true, okay? You can believe in securing the border without being a racist. And we know that to be the case because the Democrats voted for border wall funding twice before Donald Trump came down the escalator and said, build a wall. They voted under Barack Obama. They voted again under George W. Bush. They wanted to secure the border till it became a political liability to want to secure the border. They were more concerned with the politics than the people. But when they say things like, oh, the great replacement theory, yo, that's actually kind of what they're doing in terms of letting people pour into this border. Uh, But here's a little bit more, because Tim Ryan also said, you know, tax cuts are gimmicks. Here's clip 19. It's been brutal, and I understand that. And that's why I've been calling for a tax cut in the short term uh, to put money in people's pockets. J.D. said that that was a gimmick, but it's actually an opportunity for us to put more money in people's pockets. The Inflation Reduction Act also drives down uh, our deficit by $300 billion, which will help pull some money out of the economy. He says that I believe the tax cut is a gimmick. I think a tax cut's a great idea, but when you propose it, Tim, it is a gimmick because in your time in Congress, you voted to raise taxes $6.7 trillion 113 times, and just a few weeks ago, in the Inflation Reduction Act itself, it raises taxes by $20 billion on working people in this state. I mean, think about that, by the way. Okay, Tim Ryan has voted to raise taxes constantly. The Inflation Reduction Act raises taxes. What's going on here, and this is the reason there's not a lot of debating going on, is the Democrats haven't had to have an idea battle in the era of identity politics. They've spent the last five years saying the other guys are racist. That's been politics for the last five years. Oh, you're racist. Okay, uh, so about it, you're racist. And that's what it's been. The fact that in some instances they're being forced into substantive debates, you get these really revealing sound bites 
where J.D. Vance is showing up armed with the facts, as he did when he was on the show, where a guy like Raphael Warnock has showed up. He doesn't even have an answer. Why should we give you guys another shot at this thing? After two years, the country's wrecked. Why do you deserve another shot? Well, you know, because the pandemic is hard. Wait, what? That's why you deserve to lead the country? Because you're being overwhelmed by a pandemic that, oh, by the way, at the time you guys took everything over, you were armed with all the vaccines you forced on people, even after bashing those vaccines on the campaign trail. Never forget, I don't play this enough. I don't play it enough. But the Democrats trashed the vaccine during the election itself. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Apparently everybody, because you're going to force them to take it. Okay, just about everybody. But what you're noticing here is there is no engagement on issues from the Democrats. It's character assassination. It's the pandemic's hard because they really haven't focused on policy. They focus on power. That J.D. Vance clip is so illuminating in that he says, you're so desperate for political power, you'll slander me with a great replacement theory. My kids will get trashed online because it's true. These people that really want power will do anything to get it, even if it means saying we got to defund cops, as we've heard. Okay, John Fetterman, willing to say yesterday he was asked if he supports any abortion limits whatsoever, says none. And when she finally asks, so no limits at all, he shakes his head. Here it is. Clip 24. Do you support any restrictions on abortion? I don't. I've always believed in the third trimester. I, I, I believe that choice is between a woman, her doctor and a God if she prays to one. I mean, don't you have any respect for yourself? No. Okay, the abortion, a woman and a doctor, I support no limits for abortion. So you're killing a baby months after it can live outside the mom? That's not abortion, that's infanticide. Okay, but Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked about Fetterman, and as far as she's concerned, Biden gives him a clean bill of health. Here it is, clip 25. But speaking only about the president's uh, um, personal conversation with Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, uh, the president has found him to be an impressive individual and uh, who is just as capable as who has been who's just as capable as always and who is who's carrying out his office. He's currently the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, as we know, and he's doing that with great ability and heartfelt concern for the people of the Commonwealth. So, yes, the president feels that he is. He is very much capable of doing the job. Oh, wow. So Corrine Jean-Pierre says the president feels that John Fetterman is very capable of doing the job. But if we're going to be honest, Biden said the same thing about himself. And look at him now. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The band slowing down the music, trying to keep this interview under control because it frequently does go off the rails. He's a superstar congressman from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. Andy Biggs is back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. I I thought I walked into a, a, a nightclub in mid-'80s, and there's a, <laughs> a one of those reflector balls on the roof, and, you know, <laughs> 
this kind of music, I was just um, going to go take out my John Travolta leisure suit, the whole thing. <laughs> well, fantastic. at least you didn't do any cocaine. I mean, when you say the 80s, I mean, you never know where those references are going to go. So way to keep it clean. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I was not a cocaine user. No, no, never did. No, me neither. Because I was like, you know, the thing is, I've always had too much natural energy. I would be unbearable on drugs. You know, I'm unbearable now. So uh, I've always. No, no, yeah, I, I, hey, 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 that's enough out of you, Biggs. Hold on a second. I, I walked into that one. Don't, Hold on. Don't pee it up if you don't want me to hit it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> ah, that's great. Uh, listen, man, there's so, much, there's so much going on out in the fighting fifth. Yep. I mean, there's so much going on everywhere. It's midterm time now. Uh, I, was, I was laughing, though. In your home state, uh, Katie Hobbs doesn't want to debate Carrie Lake. Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, it really is. And, and Katie Hobbs is sinking like a stone, partly because of that. Uh, you, you, I mean, she's not only is she hiding, but there's embarrassing videos of her out there. They've, they've, they're starting to make, I mean, the local media hasn't really hit this yet, but mm-hmm. they're starting to remind people that she uh, lost a couple of uh, equal employment opportunity cases when oh. she discriminated against a black woman oh. when, when Katie Hobbs was the... Uh, uh, minor, minority leader in the Senate. She basically uh, paid this woman $30,000 less than uh, a white male getting doing the exact same job. What? And it's always the equality people. It's always the, you yeah. know, oh, man, what a racket, Biggs. But that's always yeah. the case. Whenever someone's calling you a racist, it's because they're doing something racist. I mean, we've learned that like 99 times out of 100 in politics. But, you know, I, I, I kind of like I, I spoke with Carrie Lake on the show last week. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. she said the state's amazing, except for the fighting fifth. She said that's the one district. I'm kidding, Biggs. I'm kidding. I just owed you one. Um, but did you hear? Did you see this story really quick about how Biden? They were pressuring the El Paso mayor not to declare a state of emergency at the border until after the election. Is that's essentially just him saying, "I don't care what happens to these people. Let's just not talk about it." You know, until people are done voting. Is that what it's come to? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, think about that. So, so El Paso city of uh, you know, it's about a million people in El Paso. Juarez is probably three million. So he's saying, we don't care what happens there just so long as the Republicans don't win. And I mean, that's why that's why he's releasing another 15 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve between now and the midterm election. He's hoping that gas goes down enough. So people say, yeah, it was over five. It was over six. But now it's only three ninety nine. So that (laughs) means that we're going the right direction. It's just, yeah, they 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 condescend to the people of the United States. They, they treat us like we're morons. Yeah. And uh, we're not. Americans aren't morons. No, man. I'm, I, to, to quote uh, Fredo in The Godfather, I'm smart. He's like, I'm smart. Come on, I'm smart. Uh, but we are. <laughs> we are, Andy. Representative Andy Biggs is on the line. Now we're doing Godfather lines. I told you this was going to spiral out of control. It always does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to go in there. I'm you play a little defense, there. Biggs. Whose side are you on here, man? Um, I've I've filtered, baby. <laughs> well, so I'm I'm laughing because it's like you, you know you're talking about them lying and them saying that we're stupid, but that's essentially where we are now. Like Corrine Jean Pierre, I was playing clips earlier, just told the press that the Inflation Reduction Act is going to kick in after the midterms. It just it takes <laughs> yeah. it takes a minute to get going. It's like a slow activation, like one of those pills that you swallow or something yeah, like this it's, but it's a release time bill. yeah time release, release bill is what it, it's yeah. it's sophisticated <laughs> so uh should my audience be holding their breath for those inflation benefits to kick in uh 
Well, if, if by benefit you mean increased inflation, yes, they, they, it's going because it's going to it's going to increase inflation. That that's the painful part of this is is I mean even even Democrats look at it and they're like, well, yeah, this is this was idiotic. It's the Green New Deal. That package was the Green New Deal. Well, that, and there's nothing more inflationary than the Green New Deal. Well, that's what I think is so ridiculous is the minute they passed it, they were like, ah, oh, let's, you know, bust out James Taylor and go sing about, you know, <laughs> climate change. It was the most ridiculous <laughs> thing in the world. And while he's singing on the White House lawn, the stock market was down 1,200 points that day. So you're yeah. literally getting fire and rain on your 401k as this guy is singing fire and rain. Oh, I mean, I but it's true. Seven point six trillion bigs off the market. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, thirty thirty four k. So the average person has well, what one hundred thirty five grand in their mm-hmm. their deal, it, and it dropped by tw- about twenty five percent. Lost thirty four thousand oh, dollars. Um, so they, they, now they they had one hundred thirty five k. Now they've got a hundred k. You know, it's nuts. terrible. But but here's the thing that people also notice, mm-hmm. and people aren't talking about this enough, and that is your real um, dollar value now has shrunk by six thousand oh. dollars for the average family of four in the last twelve months under Joe Biden. Wow. Six thousand bucks. How can you go to? How can you go and vote Democrat? I mean, seriously. And I, my favorite line is Joe Biden said, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to get far, far worse mm-hmm. uh, if the Republicans win." <laughs> what? what? Wait a minute. You guys have con- have had control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. For two years, mm-hmm. you did this. You built this, Joe. This is the inflation you built, man. <laughs> that, that's Come my, on, man. Come on, man. That's what they say. Well, that's my favorite part about the whole thing, okay, is none of these problems existed before they took office, yet they want you to believe somebody else caused them. Like, it's impressive. <laughs> like, I know they're the party of Hollywood, but they should get some acting lessons because it's not convincing acting. That's all I'm saying, Biggs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, you got kids. I got kids. You you walk in, the cookie jars open. There's crumbs everywhere. <laughs> the kids got a mustache of milk and cookies, and you're saying, "Who got in the cookies?" <laughs> it wasn't me. Exactly, it Andy Biggs. Me. That's why you're the best interview on the radio. We're out of here. Hard break. Let's do it again soon. It's the rock album that's got audiences sneaking into the country. White House Records presents Elton Joe. Twelve Elton John anthems reworked in honor of our 46th president. Music so good, it's like a drug. Don't let my son smoke crack on me. Cause then he gets naked. It always winds up on TV. Elton Joe, coming soon to a retirement home near you. Lost my damn mind, I lost my damn mind. Now I can't find the word. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That Elton Joe album, not exactly, not exactly flying off shelves right now. Come on, man. Everything, everything is a mess, man. When you look around, this is what I always laugh at. You know, when you ever hear those stories like, oh, Biden's going to run again in 2024. How? Like, what, what is the actual sell? 
Like, imagine being on a lifeboat from the Titanic trying to sell people on taking another cruise. Hey, I know you're still soaked, a little cold, but how good were those dinners Monday through Thursday? Those are good dinners, right? Well, not a nice time. I'll tell you, the shuffleboard was nice. Wasn't it nice? The point is the ship sank, and nobody wants to hear about the shuffleboard. Nobody wants to hear about the good dinners, those wild karaoke parties. Nobody cares. Okay, and that's where we find ourselves now, 21 days from the midterms. There's very little engagement on issue. A lot of name-calling. You're an extremist. You're Hitler. You're everything in between. But there's no actual engagement on issues because if you're really paying attention at home, the Democrats are in a really bad spot when it comes to issues, especially something like crime. Okay, here is Lee Zeldin. You hear him on the show a lot. He was on with Jesse Waters last night talking about the pro-crime uh, you know, agenda, sadly, <laughs> of a lot of these woke DAs. Everything woke turns to We have a lot of policies in this country that have demonstrated more concern for the criminal than the cop. And it's created this air of lawlessness, especially in big cities. It's just horrifying. Here's Zeldin talking about a clip 22. From the economic standpoint, people are just struggling to afford to survive. You could, you know, they increase your taxes more in New York, and New Yorkers are deciding, even if they can afford to pay it, is, you know what, maybe I'll just head to this other state where they're not charging income tax. There's so many different reasons why New Yorkers feel like uh, they're at a breaking point. Uh, New York leads the entire nation in population loss. And whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Red County, Blue County, it does not matter. People realize we have to save our state. And in order to do that, this corrupt governor has to go. Thank you. You've got to get mad. You got to get her out of there. Okay, so there's a lot of people who, when the money was on the table, when the cops really needed you the most, didn't support them. You know, Gretchen Whitmer is a good example of that. I played you this clip last week of her saying, oh, I, you know, we got to support the cops. We've always done that. And then it's juxtaposed against the clip of her saying she supports the defund movement. Here it is. It's clip 35. Investing in law enforcement is what we have done and what we need to continue to do to keep people safe. Be someone who supports the defunding movement, which is to take money specifically from police departments and put them into education, for example. I think you do all those other things. You don't need all the money that's going to the police department. So, yeah, I mean, the spirit of it, I, I, I do support that. What an idiot. So there it is. And she flat out saying, oh, no, you know, the spirit of defund the police. I support it. That was her then. You know, her now is they're all finding Jesus a little bit late in the service. But the point I'm trying to make is they really can't run on their record. There's no engagement on issues. The engagement is name calling. The engagement is character assassination. And no one knows it better than our next guest, who is a wonderful character. Uh, She is, of course, a superstar candidate for the first congressional district of New Hampshire. Caroline Levitt back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? You know what? I'm good. I'm not as good as you. I understand you just got an endorsement from my man, Tim Scott. Yes, we did. Senator Tim Scott endorsed us yesterday. Very honored and humbled to have his support. He's a great senator from a great state. And I look forward to introducing some tough legislation with him when I'm elected in January to uh, reverse everything and all of the damage that the, the Biden and Joe Biden and the Democrats have done over the past two years. It is a mess. I just have one question. Before Tim Scott endorses you, does he make you watch his favorite movie, Rocky Three, or did you not have to watch it? 
<laughs> Unfortunately, or fortunately, I did not have to uh, watch the movie, though it is a great film. He did not make me do it. He called and was very gracious to offer his support. All right, awesome. Because whenever he comes on my show, he always talks up Rocky Three. It's like Tim Scott is the nicest human being, literally, that's ever lived. Like I think uh, if there's like a list, he's top two ever who've ever lived, right? And uh, but he does like Rocky Three, and when he comes on my show, it comes up a lot. So we're gonna have to have a Tim Scott intervention once you get sworn in about his movie taste. Okay. <laughs> I love it. You now, got it. Now, let's talk about you for a second, because I've been following since you were on our show on primary night. And congratulations. I have been following the character assassinations against you. And now you've gone from, you know, you get a nationwide ban on abortion. You're literally Hitler. Have we just hit garbage time in the sporting event where they're just emptying the bench and trying anything they can? Oh, well, that's exactly right. And we've been used to this now on Team Caroline because we were viciously smeared throughout the primary uh, and we won by 10 points. So I welcome all of the negative personal attacks with open arms. Frankly, I wear them as a badge of honor because it tells me that our opposition is worried and they know that we're going to win. Just this morning, actually, uh, there was a story that came out in a New Hampshire local paper about the New Hampshire Democrat Party sending out a mailer comparing me to Hitler. I mean, these are outrageous, outrageous attacks that no vote regardless of political affiliation, frankly, will believe. Uh, and so I'm very hopeful they're going to help us win on November the 8th, and we're going to continue focusing on the issues that matter. I actually just got back home from a press conference where we talked about the fact that people in our state are literally choosing between heating and eating, and it's a direct result of this administration's policies. Wow, that is insane. We're talking to Caroline Levitt from the 1st Congressional District of New Hampshire. Uh, where she is a candidate for Congress, and, and a darn good one at that, um, we should never be in this position as Americans. Like, you know that I know that. You know, we're the richest country on the planet, but we're really not living like we are because they've just mismanaged everything, like, from the top down. I mean, you go to Washington, right? It, it, it's got to feel on some level, like, really daunting to cut through because so many of these policies are almost like religious policies to the left. Like, when it comes to the, the war on fossil fuels, like, it's decimating America. But to them, they really do believe it's the right thing to do. Um, are they crazy? Like, how do you get through this, Caroline Levitt? What do you do? Well, I think that they don't think it's the right thing to do, but they think it's the necessary means to their end, which is more power, more control over every aspect of our lives. You actually have one of Joe Biden's White House advisors admit that out loud on a television interview and basically said, you know, the, the price that Americans are paying at the pump and the increase in energy costs are just a short-term hiccup that they're going to have to deal with in order to, uh, for us to push our Green New Deal and renewable energy agenda. And so they want us all to suffer because the end goal is for them to have complete and total control and power over our agricultural industry, our economy, and pretty much every institution in this country. So that's why they're pushing these policies. They know they're not good for us. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, they're, if you think they're too stupid to believe spending $740 billion more billion is actually going to reduce inflation? No, they just named it that to try and trick the American people into thinking it was a good idea. And they're furthering trying to bankrupt our economy squeeze the middle class, wipe out small businesses so they can have more people hooked on the government and more control for them. And that's the truth to the power we need to start speaking about as conservatives and Republicans. We all know the solutions to these issues, right? It's pretty simple. Tap back into our domestic energy production, lower costs and lower taxes and less regulation for our businesses to thrive. Uh, but we have to start calling out the Democrats for why they're pushing these policies in the first place. And it's always about power and control. Wow, it's so crazy. But you're right. And it's weird to watch in real time 
as, you know, gas prices are going back up and you're dealing with all this inflation, they're still standing by it, like with a straight face. Biden was out in California and he told the reporters the price of gas has always been seven bucks in California. Now, again, I got a lot of friends in California. They're high, but they're not that high. You know what I'm saying? I'm meaning my friends. I'm not talking about the gas prices. I'm talking about my friends. They're high, but they're not high enough to believe the price of gas has always been seven bucks a gallon. So I, my guess is that they just don't care. Like they don't care that they're lying and that they're caught lying because I guess to your point is if they get the power, then the ends kind of justify the means. Is that why, in your opinion, like Biden, you know, he said to OPEC, hey, don't cut production till after the midterms. Is that just a classic, you know, quid pro quo then? Pretty much in plain daylight. And I can tell you, having worked in President Trump's White House press office, if the president ever merely suggested such a thing to our adversaries or allies or any country in this world, oh, my gosh, can you imagine? I remember they impeached him over one phone call with the Ukrainian president at the time. And so uh, Biden is, is embarrassing America on all fronts every single day. He's making our country weaker as a result of his policies here in our homeland. And therefore, our foreign policy is completely decimated and weak, too. Our adversaries around the globe are laughing at us, and it's because they see what's going on. They've seen the war on our domestic energy production. They've seen the fact that we have a wide open southern border. And so why the heck would they respect us or our borders or our energy sector? They're not. And we're paying. We are literally paying the price for it, literally and figuratively. I know. And like in every way, it's so bad. Um, By the way, really quick. Well, I got you here. Did you guys do uh, a political event at a bonfire? Did I see that in your feed? <laughs> yes, we did. We did an event at a bonfire on Saturday night. That's New Hampshire, baby. Bonfires. That's... I was at a country store this morning. I was in someone's private home last night. Yesterday, I was at the Portsmouth shipyard yes. uh, to hang out with some great lobstermen and fishermen. So that's what we do here in New Hampshire. No, you were, you were running like, honestly, it's the most local campaign I've ever seen. Every time I check your feed, you're either catching a fish, dishing out ice cream, <laughs> or lighting something on fire. Like, it, it's, it's, it's very entertaining is what I was, is what I was going to say it's going to it's going to be a very active tenure in congress is what i'm trying to tell people it's like if they're going to vote for you they got to buy a fitbit because they're going to get a lot of steps in <laughs> well that's exactly right that's exactly what this job was supposed to be in the first place our founding fathers were clear government for the people by the people and my favorite part about this about campaigning about being now the republican nominee for my home district where i grew up went to school my family has a business is being out with the people every single day and we have i would argue the most loyal and enthusiastic base of support that new hampshire has ever seen and i'm very proud of that and that's why i'm doing it and i'm honored to be hopefully representing these people come three weeks from tonight we'll be celebrating our big victory that's the spirit and i can tell it's trending in the right way we always the way we keep up with you is just by looking at the names you're being called you know what i mean so when it was like you know white supremacist i'm like all right they're pretty threatened by this girl but when they got to hitler i'm like wow she's gonna do it oh my goodness they they busted out a hitler for you that's a big deal Yeah, I don't know what's coming next, but uh, they'll come up with anything and everything to retain power. Again, that's what it's about for them, right? Uh, Hanging on to power and control. So they'll throw anything at me, but uh, they did it to President Trump. They do, they're do. they doing it to Republicans across this country right now. So mm-hmm. it's not personal to me. I'm just going to keep, keep focused with the people, keep going to these bonfires, that's these right. country stores, and and uh, that's why we're going to win. That's right. And I, it's, it's going to happen, Mrs. Hitler, or whatever your next name is going to be. I look forward to it. We will be following, we'll be following your progress from afar. I'm telling you, every, every new nickname is another sign that you got this thing. So keep playing good ball, okay? 
Well, thanks, Jimmy, for having me. Great catching up with you and appreciate the support of your viewers. CarolineForCongress.com. Come help us out. We need some support. Thank right. you, guys. We'll, we'll see you at the bonfire. Take care. There she goes, the great Caroline Levitt. And I can tell you that as the nicknames have increased, it's everything you need to know about the current state of, of politics is the more vicious they're acting, the more threatened they are by you. Like, think I'll give you a good example of Tim Scott, who endorsed her. Tim Scott has, like, the greatest story in terms of his bio in the history of the country, in terms of something that is, it de- demonstrates the progress we've made in this country on race. You know, Tim Scott grew up in the deep south in the worst versions of South Carolina and talks about how through the evolution of the southern heart, he went on to become the first black American elected to both Houses of Congress. So Tim Scott's story represents so much monumental progress on race. And when the guy who is the face of all of that monumental progress on race spoke out and gave the rebuttal to Joe Biden's State of the Union last year, the Democrats literally were calling him every racist thing you've ever heard. Like Twitter, Twitter allowed the term Uncle Tim to trend for 13 hours like he was an Uncle Tom, like he was a sellout to the black race, simply because he stood up for conservative ideals, which, oh, by the way, are just less is more. Just get the government the hell out of my life. That's the whole conservative ethos is just get Washington out of my life. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But they feel so threatened by that, by a guy like Tim Scott saying, hey, I was born into abject poverty. Single mom. My grandfather was forced out of elementary school to pick cotton. That's where Tim Scott comes from. So the idea that a guy can talk about how much progress can be made as a black man who grew up in such a deep part of the racially corrupt South and evolve into a guy who's likely a frontrunner in 2024 if he wants to run really speaks to the progress we've made on race. And it's no different when someone like Caroline Levitt. You know, when you get a young, fun, pro-life girl out there who's got a really sharp head on her shoulders and can make the factual case for how Biden is mismanaging the country and, oh, by the way, really screwing up the people in her demographic, they feel threatened. And that's how someone like Caroline Levitt comes from, like, MAGA extremist and works her way all the way up to being called Hitler in a commercial. Like, they're calling that woman. That I just spoke to, that you just heard on the phone, Hitler. They're accusing her of doing Hitler salutes. Does she sound like she's doing Nazi stuff between the ice cream shop and the bonfire? Of course not. But that's all we've been reduced to in the age of identity politics. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bringing you some top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. And that race to the bottom really picked up some speed last night. Peter Strzok. Remember that jackass who was thrown out of the FBI? thrown out of the FBI for compromising the integrity of their investigation into the president, which was tainted by his own political bias, which, of course, he got into a lot of trouble because the chick he was shagging on the side was also an FBI agent. They were texting each other back and forth on government phones that eventually got blown up and away they went. Get him out of here. Well, lo and behold, last night on MSNBC, before we go, I just want to play this with a straight face. An MSNBC panel said 9-11 
worst terrorist attack in the history of this country, was nothing compared to January 6th. Listen to the stupidity, clip 36. I think if you look at the scale in terms of the threat to democracy, I mean, 9-11 was a tragedy. We lost thousands of lives in a horrific way that we still mourn to this day. But when you look at something that is an attack on democracy, something that could actually bring about a fundamental change to American governance as we understand it, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. And the fact that the FBI and the rest of the government, if they are not on the same sort of war footing that we were on in the weeks and months and years after 9-11, shame on everyone. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I say it every day when I get on the air. I'm in the perspective business. You know, you might have not had it. You might not have had the good work day you wanted today or, you know, the personal relationship you're in might not have bounced the way you wanted it to. Or maybe you're sitting in a little traffic right now or you're a little hungover if you're like the guys on my staff. But the point is, you can always be thankful that you're not Peter Strzok, such a partisan jackass that you're willing to get in front of a camera and say January 6th was worse than 9-11. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Don't be Peter Strzok. How about that? The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.